of a time. When you were 10 years old, every cell of your body was probably pretty much different than it is today. So you're not your body. Likewise, your mind has changed since you were a child, and yet you still feel like you are the same person. So there is a continuity of a sense of self, even though everything changes. So that continuity or that unchanging sense of self amidst constant change is what I call the masculine, the consciousness that you are. You are conscious of everything. That consciousness that you are is your masculine. The more you are identified with your deep consciousness, that which never changes, that which has no specific form, that which is eternal, the more you are identified with that, the more you are identified with what I call your masculine. The more you are identified with everything that changes, your thoughts, your body, your relationships, the world, then the more you are identified with the feminine in the way I use the term. So the feminine is everything that moves, everything you could see, everything you could smell, everything you could hear, everything you could taste, everything you think. Your mind's motion is a feminine dance. Your heart beating, the stars circling through the cosmos, is the feminine. So your relationship to the world and to your body is your relationship to her, to the feminine. And your identity as unchanging consciousness is your identity as a masculine player in the world. All men and women, obviously, are both conscious and are conscious of everything that's changing. So all men and women have both masculine and feminine aspects. So every man and woman, in a moment when they're identifying with their unchanging consciousness, they're identifying with their masculine. Every man and woman, the moment they're identifying with everything that changes, their bank account, their thoughts, the world's political situation, the more somebody is identified with the flow of change, the more they are identified with the feminine. So all of us have both masculine and feminine. But to keep this simple, I'll talk about a man identified more with his masculine and a woman identified more with her feminine. As we grow in our lives through the stages, we approach the masculine and feminine differently. So in the first stage, when we're very selfish and self-centered, we tend to become rigid in our identity. A good way to feel into this first stage approach is to think of perhaps the 1950s in the United States, where men were men and women were women, where men were identified with only the masculine, that which doesn't change, no emotion, kind of stolid. And the women, again, this is the old style, first stage, 1950s, you can imagine, the women were identified with change, with beauty, with the beauty of the house, with their children. And we've grown out of these roles, thankfully. So now both men and women can exercise their masculine and feminine freely. But what that has resulted in is a kind of neutralization. Because if every human being expresses equal amounts of masculine and feminine expression, then there is no polarity. Sexual polarity is the arc of energy, either attractive energy or sometimes even repulsive energy. Sexual polarity is this arc of energy 
between masculine and feminine poles. Like all natural energies, you need two poles to create a force field. So, for instance, for the electrical force to flow, you need a positive and negative pole. That's why your car battery has two poles. That's why the electrical socket has a positive and negative side for two prongs, because you need two poles to create the arc of electrical force. Likewise, the gravitational field of the Earth is created between the north pole and south pole of the Earth. Well, the two poles of sexual attraction are masculine and feminine. So even if two human beings are completely balanced human beings and they can equally access their masculine and feminine, in the moments that they want sexual attraction within their intimacy, it's important to understand that what creates that sexual passion is the arc, the distance between masculine and feminine. So the woman may choose to play the masculine while the man chooses to play the feminine, or the man can choose to play the masculine and the woman play the feminine, or in a gay or lesbian relationship, two same-sexed individuals can play it. One can play the masculine, the other the feminine. And as long as in any particular moment one partner is playing more of the masculine, that is identification with unchanging consciousness, and one partner is identified with the feminine, identification with movement, life force, light itself, the dance of light, the cosmic motion. When one person is identified with the masculine and one is identified with the feminine, in that moment there will be sexual polarity. However, if two people are in their masculine, two people are in their feminine, or two people are balanced or neutral, then although they may love each other deeply, there will not be the arc of sexual polarity. So what we're talking about here is a very specific situation. We're talking about men who have already grown beyond balance. So there are many men who are still trying to grow from the first to the second stage. They're trying to grow from being, let's call them, let's say, macho jerks and their partners submissive housewives, if we want to caricature, to make it easy to remember the first stage style of being stuck in these rigid roles of masculine and feminine, they grow to the second stage. And to grow to the second stage, men cultivated their internal feminine, and women cultivated their internal masculine. So as men cultivated their internal feminine, they grew their hair longer and wore earrings perhaps, played music, maybe used marijuana or danced in the woods, played drums, sang together, expressed their feelings. All the things that women, of course, have been doing forever here in the United States, the men finally learned to do in the 1960s and 70s. And women, likewise, cultivated their internal masculine to grow into the second stage. They, uh, so to speak, burnt their bras. They learned how to express themselves as men did, how to interject their opinions into conversations, how to intervene, how to put themselves in the world, make decisions, say no, draw strong boundaries. So women cultivated their masculine, men cultivated their feminine, and became balanced whole people in the second stage. And then, of course, the main complaint, in intimacy, women often feel, why doesn't my man know his direction? Where has the passion gone? Men often feel, why doesn't my woman trust me? Why doesn't she invite me into her heart? And so what happens in the second stage is we become whole and independent rather than partial and dependent like in the first stage. But this isn't the end. Whole and independent people is not the meaning of life. It's a stage along the way. 
And the next stage is to surrender open and to give our deepest gifts however they come, masculine or feminine. So the third stage, man or woman, is completely free to give their masculine or feminine gifts in any way they would like. If a man wants to flow with energy and allow himself to feel the healing force of life through his body and heal other people with his energy, which is a feminine gift, he's certainly free to do so. And if a woman would like to cultivate her capacity to ignore her personal relationships and focus on, for instance, a financial bottom line, a corporate decision in the future, she's certainly free to become a corporate executive or a CEO and work hard all day to achieve a certain goal as men have been doing for years. So she can use her masculine to make goals and achieve goals. Women can also use their feminine. And likewise, men can use their masculine or their feminine. The way of the superior man is for people who have already achieved masculine and feminine balance. Men and women, men and men, women and women, who could look into each other's eyes and see God. They could look into each other's eyes and see love. They can feel each other's hearts without any boxing, putting people in a box of masculine or feminine. So in the third stage, in the way of the superior man, there is no boxing of masculine or feminine. It's offered freely. But within that free offering, we understand that if we want sexual polarity in our intimacies, if we want sexual polarity in our intimacies, which not everybody does, but if we do, then we must understand how sexual polarity, passion, is created and destroyed, which are the dynamics between the masculine and feminine. And we also need to learn the difference between doing something for our own sake, the first stage, doing something for the sake of everybody, that is, for the good of everyone, which is the second.